Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. To Just Servants. Just Servants. And Ryan? Yes, Levi. How old are you? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm 19, gladly. Yeah, y'all weren't expecting that little change up, were you? We yeah. just talked about that about 10 seconds prior. Yeah, it actually kind of confused me. Now, Levi, what do we have going on today? What do we have going on? We have a very special guest here. Very special. His name is Mr. Kevin Gregory. You almost messed up the last part. Gregory. Greg Gregory? Yeah, I'm just kidding. You did great. Gre- like, like, like Gregory and Diary Olympic Kid. Gregory. Kevin, <laughs> where are you from? <laughs> well, re- recently moved to uh, from Virginia Woo, to south. here in Scroon Lake, New York. So I'm now a resident. As of June of last summer, we moved up here and uh, really enjoying this beautiful awesome. scenery. And uh, we came in the summer, which was great, but now we're enjoying the winter as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's pretty chilly up here. It is. Nothing compared to Virginia. Cold, you know. The cold down there is... Where were you in Virginia? Actually, I was in the area of Richmond, Virginia, the capital area. We were just south of that in Midlothian. Was there serving Word of Life for about uh, 29 years as an area missionary. Serving. Serving. (laughs) Now, just like our name, Just Servants. Levi, what are we here to do? Oh, no. That's what we were trying to... Never mind. Okay. We are here to serve. You know who we're here to serve, Ryan? Ourselves? No. Oh. Incorrect. Okay. Next. Uh, our dogs? Nope, nope, nope. Our fishes? Nope, nope, Okay, nope. Nah, nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, each other. Yeah. Each other. Each other. We're here to serve others and the Lord, guys. Yeah, we, we are. are here to serve the Lord and to serve others. Okay, now we have Kevin here. Kevin is the... Uh, I believe, let me get this right, head coordinator or of the North Team for Youth Ministries. That's close. That's District close enough. coordinator. Regional coordinator. Ah, we were so close. Regional coordinator, meaning that I've got missionaries, these guys that are area missionaries working with local churches. They uh, There's eight guys that I supervise, and I am the regional coordinator for the North. And the North, we used to call it Northeast because it was mainly the... Um, just the um, New England area. Now I serve churches or work with these guys all the way from New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, mm. as well as New England. So, so pretty big said, geographical area. You said missionaries, but they're not overseas. How does that work? We call them missionaries because churches uh, usually like that term when you support that person in ministry. Uh, what they do is they come alongside the church and they actually coach youth leaders Hmm. in how to have effective youth nights, have youth ministries. And so they are coaching consultants, but because we work with churches, they are missionary supported, Mm -hmm. meaning they are funded by the gifts of individuals and churches. So you're saying missionaries do not have to be overseas? No, no. I was a missionary for 29 years and we've got these guys that are also then in their area of the country it's serving churches and supported by the churches that way. Did you hear that? Serving. Serving. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. Now, how did you get here and how did that start? Well, that's a good question because I was actually um, introduced to Word of Life when I was on Long Island, New York. My dad was pastoring there. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, looking for a youth ministry that he could have for his church. He actually got a couple of leaders together, and they started this ministry. So I was impacted at that level, uh, started into doing a quiet time and hearing about that, even going to camp here in New York. Um, And shortly after that, I was 
I went to the Bible Institute, then also finished my degree, and then came back and served as a, a, a youth pastor uh, in Virginia. So my whole trap, my whole uh, trip and journey through this has been uh, being introduced to Word of Life in various ways, but ended up 29 years working as an area missionary in Virginia. Wow. So what is a so-called quiet time? Yeah, the quiet times are devotionals that Word of Life uh, produces so that churches can get their students into the Word of God on a daily basis. Hmm. It's just five minutes that they can read a passage and either journal or answer some small questions that go along with that passage. So, yeah, it's been a tool I've had in my life uh, for many years and uh, one we want to see more and more students get involved with. So you, Ryan, and I, we all do the same quiet time. Mm -hmm. And recently we have been seeing about how we are supposed to be prepared, about how we're supposed to be prepared for when the Lord returns. How are we supposed to be prepared for that if we're already believers? Hmm. Well, in the quiet time, even today, it was talking about how, again, I didn't know even your guys' names was just serve because today's was about serving others um, in there as far as we're to serve the Lord. And we do that best by taking any opportunity to help those in need, to see those that are uh, struggling. And when we do that to those others, then we're doing it as unto the Lord. And so as we are preparing for the Lord's return, we're to be looking for opportunities of how to make an impact in others' lives. Hmm. Perfect. Now, we were talking about quiet time. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the Lord's coming. And I'm, I'm just confused. Levi said believers. I'm just, I'm confused on what all this is. You're confused on what a believer is. <laughs> well, I mean, a believer in what, necessarily? Yeah, yeah. Should we, should we, Kevin, what is a believer and how does one become a so-called believer? All right. Well, believers we're talking about are ones who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that, um, when we talk about that, it's basically the Bible shares with us the truth of the gospel. And one thing I like to share within uh, youth ministries and uh, wherever I get a chance, even here at the Bible Institute, is one of the best ways to tell what the gospel is by spelling that out. And it's G-O-S-P-E-L. And if you start with the first letter and say a sentence with that, it's God created us to be with him. Mm -hmm. And God has a design and purpose for our lives. He has made each and every one of us with a reason and a purpose. But if you go on to the next letter, O, it's our sins separate us from God. He created us to be in union with him, to be in harmony, but we've broke that through sin that happens in our lives. Without going into a lot of the backstory, Adam and Eve were the first ones to sin, and the Bible clearly says that because of his sin, everyone born after him is a sinner by nature. Uh, So G-O-S-S stands for sins cannot be removed by our good deeds, and that simply states that no matter how good we think we are or the things that we try to do in our lives, we'll never be able to bridge that gap between God's righteousness and our sinfulness, and he can't have us in his presence. So that's the bad news. But P in gospel stands for paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Amen. So he he is the one who has come for the sole purpose of reconciliation. That means bringing those that are lost back into relationship with him. And so paying the price for sin, Christ died and rose again. And he took all of that sin on on himself, 
and because of that, he rose and has victory over sin and death. Uh, just quickly, the E stands for everyone who puts their faith and trust in Christ alone has eternal life. Mm-hmm. So that just lays out the, the question then is, have you made that personal? Jesus Christ provided this uh, opportunity for you, but everyone who trusts in him can have that gift, that free gift of eternal life. And finally, L is life starts now and lasts forever. It's not just giving us a hope for the future, but it gives us the power to make an impact now. So if someone's not a believer, that is a way that they can prepare for the Son of Man's returning is by trusting in the Lord, and that's a first step with it? That is. That's the first step. That's the first step. Every camper's next step with Jesus. Every camper's next step with Jesus. Snow camp. That's our snow camp by statement. Thank you, my blobber. Now, in your current job, you are, as you referred, a coach to others. Um, What would you say right now, or even over the past, um, how long you've been in this position, Mm -hmm. that God, what has he been teaching you um, that is most prominent on your heart and that you've seen the most? Well, this role does change a little bit from being on the field, meaning living in an area close to the churches, working with their youth leaders. Uh, the role I have now is coaching these other coaches, coaching the other missionaries. We are, my wife and I have the privilege of having eight missionary couples throughout the North, and our role is to equip them, is to challenge them to be the very best they can be. Um, if it's resourcing, what Word of Life has, we make sure they have that. Um, it's basically missionary care. Uh, We're kind of the ones that are um, just encouraging them in a way that we want to the uh, we want God to be reflected in their lives, and so we have accountability, which means basically, if there's things that we want them or if there's things that needs to be done, we set a goal and we try to hold them to that. So it's contacting churches, it's getting out there and and. uh, running events where we share the gospel. All of these things are things that we kind of coordinate here and they implement on the field. Gotcha. So what would you say to people that are helping in youth ministry currently or the people that are wanting to get involved in youth ministry? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the biggest thing I see when we're working with local churches is that... Um, Leaders tend to, you know, we, we, often t- we often hear about a volunteer need. We need volunteers. And um, when we talk about volunteers, there is a difference between, between volunteers and leaders. Uh, mm-hmm. Volunteers are ones that maybe can come and bring the refreshments and sit in the corner and just make sure there's crowd control going on. What we want to see is that a church recruits or actually develops leaders and the difference is these are people that will come alongside, they'll pray for their students, they may have an opportunity to sit in a small group with these students, getting to know them a little bit deeper, and again, it's praying with them, kind of challenging them to take next steps in mm-hmm. the Word of God, and so that's what we want to see, and there's a lot of fear be doing that yep. type of ministry. But the more they step out, the more they step into that role, the benefits much way you know outweigh all of those doubts that they can have, uh, because God will start to use them in incredible ways. So you're saying that these helpers need to be super involved in these the youth's life. Is what you're saying? 
Yeah, basically they need to, again, be willing to serve. It's just yeah. be open and available. Most youth pastors are looking for people not with a not with the most you know brilliant plans. They don't need to have a lot of extra um, gifts and abilities. They just need to be available to sit next to a student, to listen to them, um, and to just be basically open and vulnerable that they can share this is what God's working on in my life, and here's what God can do in your life as well. They need to be open to be doing like a quiet time, a daily devotion themselves. And as they grow in that, students are gravitated to that. They'll they'll be pulled along naturally by the flow of adult leaders growing spiritually. For sure. For sure. Now, if you could be any breed of dog, what dog mm. would you be? Uh, my brother has a great golden retriever, and they actually Aww. do breed some of those. Uh, I don't have a golden retriever. My, my daughter got a little... Um, um, I can't remember now. The oh, it's part of a dachshund, so it's a long, you know, the oh, squatty yeah. long yeah, dogs, yeah. but it's got white furry hair. It's not the brown <laughs> kind, so it's a mix between a Lassopso and a and a dachshund. So That's it's some weird a, names. It's a really cute dog, um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't breed those. I I like I like the little bit larger dogs yep. uh, mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. One time I had a dog. Her name was Sasha. Okay. Aww. And she was a dachshund, so like a Dutch hound, mixed mm. with a whippet. Oh, so oh, she yeah. was like a super fast petite dog, <laughs> but she's dead now. So uh, wow, All right. <laughs> that's All unfortunate. Right. We do love Charles. Charles is our dog, and the reason well, I think we named him Charles, but. I gave him the nickname because he barks at everybody when they come in. He's pretty uh, good, though. He doesn't bark all the time. But his nickname is Charles Barkley. That's his. <laughs> He's Charles Barkley. That's good. I like that. So as a youth leader, because you said you were a youth pastor at one time. Yes. Um, with the youth, kids definitely, um, especially older kids, uh, older teens, can definitely come out as leaders in their youth group. Mm-hmm. How do you go about making sure that they are leaders as in spiritual leaders and also leaders that take the kids and help them also grow too and not, you know, just take them down a the wrong path. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. One of the things you've already heard me say is we, we really stress the importance of adult leaders. The the area missionary comes alongside the youth pastor. The youth pastor invests in, in leaders. But also there's going to be that next step of we need to see some students come up and be ready to be challenged in a greater way. Uh, so you always are have the dilemma of do you, you, do you give the material to the ones that are growing spiritually the fastest or do you have to put it down on the lower level for all of them? What you got to do, you basically have to give them content and you have to teach biblical lessons. But as you see students that step up in these disciplines that I've mentioned, if they start to show an interest of getting into the Word of God themselves, those are the ones you need to encourage and coach and come alongside. Um, Gospel advancing is another thing. I mentioned that GOSPL. Ones that take a hold of that and want to start sharing their faith with their friends, those can be the leaders for your your youth group. Uh, Because we have... One of the things we got out of that book, um, Dare to Share, Gospelized book by Greg Steer, he talks about it only takes, it's a 10% rule, they call it. It only takes 10% to change the culture of a youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And so if you get just, say, two kids out of 20, I believe that's 10%, if you yeah. get my math right. Yeah, it is. 
If you just get two out of 20 that are sold on, say, doing the, doing the quiet time or sold on sharing their faith, that's going to permeate the rest of the youth ministry. Mm. So yeah. pastors don't need to get discouraged when they don't have a lot of kids excelling, but you need to look at where those few are and just really press in on those that they can lead and they can change really the culture of the youth ministry. So what I'm hearing is you don't need an amazing band or you don't need flashy lights to bring in kids? No, actually, whatever you bring in, you'll have to keep on doing bigger and better to maintain if you Mm. have that mentality. The mentality you should have is get into the Word of God and encourage growth through small groups and also through personal evangelism. If they can if they can personally share their faith and see kids come to know the Lord, that growth, although maybe slower, will be stronger and more steady and will multiply itself in the future. Uh, so that's definitely the way to go about when you're trying to grow a ministry. So very important question right here. Mm. If you could travel with only one one <laughs> one kind of movement such as a skip cartwheel somersault stuff like that handstand what would it be interesting i i actually have been able to do a cartwheel i haven't done that for a long time (laughs) i'm just trying to think of what i've ever tried to do skipping has been limited but i don't know i i uh i used to be able to do that one time no backflips or anything out of that but just uh Ryan yeah, can do a double will. backflip. I'm sure he can. Double backflip. Yeah. If y'all ever want to see it, I don't know when y'all would see him, but just re- just request <laughs> come him. Up to camp. And yeah, yeah, come to camp. Come, come to, to camp. camp. See me on the blob. <laughs> right. I can do it on the blob, maybe. Right. But yeah. Now. So one other question that we have for you is, it kind of goes along with what you were saying previously. Mm-hmm. If you could teach youth one basic foundation, whether it be apologetics, hermeneutics, evangelism, and stuff like that, that is, what's, what do you think is most important for them to learn at that younger age Mm -hmm. um, in the youth group? Yeah. And and this has been something even different than what we may have been saying years ago, but as we've seen students, um, what helps students grow fastest in their faith, we're finding is knowing the gospel and sharing it with their friends. Um, it's, it's not just them personally growing, because a lot of times they'll take in the gospel, they'll, t- they'll take in spiritual um, uh, just facts and stuff, but unless they're willing to give it out, that's, I've been talking about, I've been doing a seminar at Snow Camp, and I say the secret ingredients for spiritual growth is sharing your faith. And uh, if the students learn that at an early age, that's going to help them more than probably anything else they can do. Um, one thing that I also heard was in your reading uh, through Gospel Eyes, it talks about if just reading the Word of God and praying was the, was the secret to spiritual growth and people sharing their faith, then a lot more of our adults would be mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. We've got a lot of adults in the church that don't share their faith. Mm-hmm. So if our students start doing that, they'll grow faster right. than anything else that way. Word. There is one analogy that I heard recently. I don't know if it was in class or through reading, but it had to do with milk and a sponge. Mm. So if there's a sponge, if you got milk in a sponge and you leave it there, 
it's going to rot and it's going to get nasty. Sours. But if you squeeze it out and get all that milk out and spread that good news, then you can continue to get more fresh milk in. Mm. Wow. I hope y'all understood that because it makes sense <laughs> in my head. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But much love, guys. Thank, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kevin. Thank, thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Peace out. Bye.